Welcome to Uneducated Guests. I would say that we're back, but I said that last time and made a big point about how, yeah. oh, we're definitely back. And then what's it been, three, four weeks now since we were back? Something it's like that. Has it? Okay. Yeah. It, whatever. It's not been. Okay, fine. Has <laughs> it been? Think, I don't more think than four so. Weeks? Don't four think weeks so. ago, I was in Maine. No. What? No, that was like two weeks ago. I mean, that was also two. I was gone a long time. Yeah, but that's two weeks ago you started your trip. Three no. weeks ago you started no, your trip. No, I was... I thought the last time we met you had just got back into town. No, no, no. The actual recording. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, I'm talking about the recording. Yeah. yeah. No, we left town like on the 22nd. Yeah, what is this? So 19th. It's, oh my gosh, it's been a month? Yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> well, this is Uneducated Guests. With me tonight, as always, at GearHardestB. Say hello. Hello, hello. Also with us tonight is at Bourbon Ghost. Hey, guys. So we're going to give this thing another shot. Mm -hmm. uh, renewed enthusiasm among the brethren. I, I think I realize we're doing this because the COVID cases are going back up, right? Right. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's the only reason. time we exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, boy, that is something else. I really don't want to talk about that, though. But that is something we else. Had we to talk we about had to say it. Yeah, we can, talk, we can talk about that it, was off, it. offline. Yeah. We can talk about it offline, but... I did not want to spend time talking about that on this podcast, that's for sure. Uh, but anyway, what you guys been up to? You just got back from Maine, like you said. Yeah. Kind of, not ways. just Maine. You've been yeah. everywhere. Yeah, this was, this was uh, I guess, the final uh, leg of our every state. In the you know, the only people who can take a two-week trip are teachers and government employees. That's true. It's the only people that can do that. It's a great marriage we, that I have. Yeah, no, nobody else can pull off, you know, a, a 14, 15 day. Yeah. We've actually vacation. talked about next year doing like a Alaska trip, which we'd be gone for three or four weeks, which we could, I could do that too. Yeah. That's amazing. What a world, huh? Yeah. <laughs> glad sounds glad our tax dollars can fund that. What do you think, Gear Hardest? Yeah. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm here. I'm doing good. Uh, just been grinding preaching and doing seminary how's seminary going good but uh stressful at times yeah i'm sure things must be going good you're in a new t-shirt every time i see you yeah yeah i'm not wearing the same black t-shirt <laughs> preaching must be paying good you oh, buy new t -shirts. Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> from target <laughs> from target yes <laughs> yeah i mean uh you know it's been it's it's strange i mean you would think that the summer might be a time where we could do this more often, but I actually think that like the summer is harder to stay on a routine for sure, you know, which makes it harder to do this podcast. So we're going to say that that's the reason why we've been, you know, and we're about mm -hmm. to get so much more consistent. We shouldn't which, really apologize because that's true. Because I mean, reform forum goes four weeks before they post something. That's true. And so, they're way better than yeah. us. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean... We shouldn't apologize. Well, I mean, I just am apologizing to the fans out there. They're pining for it. The fans want it tastes us... They, sweeter. They want the it tastes content. sweeter when you have to wait. Here's some content. <laughs> Daddy made you some content. Open wide. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, we have so much that we plan to catch up on, and it's going to be really hard not to catch up on it right now all in one episode. But we're going to oh, yeah. restrain ourselves. So there's a few things that I know we're going to want to talk about in the upcoming episodes. One is the Bo Burnham special, which we've all been super pumped about. Because we've have we talked about Burnham before on the show? Yes. Okay. I think just the Kanye rant. Okay. Because I know yeah. that I was a fan of him and turned you know mentioned mm -hmm. him to you guys, and then you saw him, and y'all also became fans mm -hmm. too. And like, 
His new his special made me a fan. This new special made me a more fan. than the other one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can understand that. Yeah. Did, did you ever see Make Happy? Yeah, I did. I can I can see that. Which anyway, we'll talk about that again. I do not want. Yeah. To, <laughs> I mean, part of it. I so think, much to say. Just hold back. Think, I'll, just I'll, hold I'll back. say this. Well, I will say this because it at least it's it's not about the special so much as I think that there are. I've seen a lot of people now into Bo Burnham more than they were, you know, yeah. or whatever from this one. And I think I think your wife even made a comment, you know, about how this one was he sounded so much better and stuff like that, you know. And I want to be like, yeah, okay, of course, it was a studio recording. Yeah, the other stuff he was doing live, which is part of what I appreciate about what he was always doing, like how perfectly timed all of his shows are. He's performing them live, you know, like he's doing the he's doing uh, can't handle this live. Yeah, mm-hmm. and still sounds awesome. But these other ones are more polished. I think, and they're I better think, songs. Yeah, you know, for that reason. I think she liked it more this time around because I think she didn't understand. Yeah, the whole package, and this time around, I think she understands the package a little bit more. I do think that this one—that's true. One, either people are now more familiar with Bo Burnham to know what to expect, and so they go in with a different mentality. Yeah. Whereas if Make Happy is the first thing you've ever seen from him. You think yeah. you're going to see a stand-up special, and it's not. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. something a little different. It's performance art, and it's going to be different. I also think that the point he's making throughout the special and Make Happy is a little bit harder to grasp yeah, and not as on the nose as this one. And I'm also not, because, that's not a criticism. Yeah, mm-hmm. also because this one deals with something that we all had to go through together. Right, and it deals with technology yeah. in mm-hmm. a way that we all, like he very much puts it in a way anybody our age understands yeah. it. Let's and just, so yeah, it's, it's very, it's much, more, and it is much more on the nose. Yeah. It's not quite as under, like close to the vest. Yeah. I mean, like the, can't handle this until you explain it, like have it explained or really think mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. You don't understand that the burrito is a metaphor for happiness. Yeah. You know, and so it's, it's gets better the more times that you watch it, but it is hard to get through it sometimes. And it is a little more. Um, probably a little more childish, some of his humor, which he goes back and forth on. You know, he'll be like super serious and then make like a fart joke or something. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. kind of his thing too, but not as much on this one. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so that's one thing that we are going to want to talk about, and we are going to talk about it probably next episode. Oh, man. Don't you think? Yeah, I just wish it was, it was right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, we could. We can scrap it. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing is uh, Manchester Orchestra. Came mm-hmm. out with a new album, which we love. Million Mask Gear, of God. Yeah, and I know we've talked about one song off of it, but we've not talked about the whole album. And I think it's, I think we've had enough time with it now. At least you and I have Bourbon yeah, Ghost. I have. I know we've probably, I don't know how many times I've listened to it. Let me ask you this. Okay. Have you listened to it more or the, uh, the songs from Inside more? I've listened to Manchester Orchestra more. Um, but it's very close. Those are yeah. the only two things I'm listening to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, just like yeah, changing them up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, pretty much for the last two months. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason I would say that Million Mass of God is more is because it came out first. Yeah. And I'm now I'm listening to them both the same. <laughs> it's just Million Mass of God's had a head start. Uh, but anyway, so we'll talk about that album, which is great. I mean, I'm not gonna. That's not a spoiler alert. But we're gonna talk about some of the themes on it and some of the spirituality of it you know i think and uh man i would pay so much money to have a have a day with andy hole i would just yeah. like to talk about so much of his work and yeah i would like to know if i'm reading more into it than i need to be or if i'm on the right track that's yeah. my main question for him maybe i wouldn't even have to spend the whole day that that's fair that. because i don't think that you 
would be reading too much in anything Bo Burnham does, but sometimes I feel like maybe I am with Andy's stuff. Right, and I that's agree. that's too. always yeah. the danger with music. Yeah, with art like that is you know you sort of read into it what you think about things, yeah. and then once you start in with that mindset, you then start to um, sort of analyze everything through that lens. Yeah, and you may you like your your presupposition may be totally wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but you're going in with that with that presupposition. So I don't think I'm wrong you know with him because it's too it's too it seems to me to be too obvious yeah now i might be wrong in some of the ways i think he's applying it but i don't i do think he's obviously speaking spiritually yeah you know not only sure. spiritually but i think you know at least partly yeah um and and he's just they're just one of the most interesting bands alive right now there's really just not at least not in you know i can't speak for everything that's out there but there's not a lot of what we would probably call indie rock stuff that we mm-hmm. grew up on. Yeah. That is still interesting now. You know, yeah. I mean, who who of the bands that we grew up listening, you know, grew up, I would say maybe came of age listening to are making interesting albums. I'm yeah. not listening to any, like yeah. I, I'm listening to hip hop and other stuff more. N- nobody's, when's the last time Death Cab came out with a decent album? When's the last time, yeah. you know, I mean, nobody. Yeah. You the know, national even, even like Arcade Fire, the National, yeah, game. any of these bands that we sort of have used to have been, you know, you always had pop crap, you know, like the Shins, yeah, that were coming off of exactly. this stuff. You always had, you always have pretenders that come in and make the pop music of the good music, right? Yeah. So that's what the Shins did. But then you all also always had, you know, people who are the true introspective, you know, artists, you know, and there, I just don't see it out there as yeah. much. I can't find it. It's interesting because uh, the deeper I dive into Bo Burnham, the more I, I see problems with everything, like in the world. Like uh, his his song about... Um, Hold on to it. N- uh, the repeat stuff. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. When you, and then you, like when you read it, like when you actually dive into what he's talking about there and then you dive into the whole uh, four chord, whatever it's called, where all these bands they're just using this golden ratio for music to make formulaic music and it's really depressing. And then you realize like music as a whole is so much grosser than you ever thought because of just the way it's all produced now, the way it's just, there is no art in it anymore. And there's so few bands like Manchester orchestra who are just doing what they want to do rather than what people want them to do. Right. Totally. It kind of sucks. Yeah, totally. And I've also been, uh, they've had a Patreon since COVID and I've been subscribing to that. And so it's been great. They have like tons of podcasts, tons of live shows that they've done on there just for, you know, patrons. And it's just been so good. You guys need to come over one time. They have like a couple 30 minute live shows that I think you would Mm -hmm. really like. The latest one, they played a couple off the new album. Okay. Uh, and it's awesome. It's, yeah. It's really exciting. So I'm excited to go see him. Yeah, I know. We were supposed to go see him. It was going to be your first time right whenever. Mm-hmm. It was going to be in 2020, I guess, mm-hmm. when it, sometime like in the summer. I guess like a year ago now. Yeah. It's going to be like June yeah. or July. We were going to go, and obviously that guy. Then the, the funniest thing happened. <laughs> I like that I can make – you've seen it. We've both seen Inside so much that we can make little comments and uh, – <laughs> And like get every reference. Every reference. Yeah. It's it's like community at this point. Yeah, it is. Or like the other the other week I was teaching Sunday school and somebody commented, you yeah. know, on something that was going on and and then afterwards you were like, it really reminded me because you could tell I like wanted to move on that it really reminded <laughs> you of Bo Bo Burnham's going, Not a participatory thing. <laughs> Stop participating. <laughs> oh me. But anyway. 
we also, speaking of, are planning on maybe putting up a couple uh, old Sunday schools that I've taught over mm-hmm. the last couple months. Our Sunday school has been going through the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, I have not taught all of them, but I've taught about half of them. And so uh, we might post some of those, too. And Two of those would be new for me. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'll yeah. probably use your, I'll probably steal it, listen to it, write it down, and use it for Sunday school. That'd be great. I would, you know what? There would be no higher compliment you could pay. Well, me. I probably am going to do that. Well, so. for somebody like you, who's a very, very intelligent person, to find my uh, material valuable would, would mean a lot to me. And that is not me kissing your ass. No, I, mean I definitely, be, I definitely am being serious. <laughs> I am too. I'm, I'm still going to buy Jeffrey Myers' book on it. Yeah. But it's good. It's good. You need to. It yeah. is. Good. And honestly, the you know I've been reading. Um, is it pretty cheap? Is it pretty cheap? Because I might yeah. buy it just for everybody. Yeah, it's like twelve bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading basically while doing this. I've been reading um, Benjamin Shaw's book and uh, Jeffrey Myers' book at the same time mm-hmm. um, for these, and they're they're both good. You know, I mean, do I need to read both of them? You think though to prepare a lesson on it? No, or? not just to prepare Sunday school. If I was yeah. going to preach, I would. Yeah, but for yeah. for teaching, no. yeah, no. You know, but uh, I would read more than that if I was preaching. Oh, of course. You know? But um, no, for teaching, I think you'd be fine with with one or the other. Mm-hmm. The the other thing I do, I'm right. I'm, right, I'm using Lightheart's uh, two volume Matthew commentary right now. Three to the three new eyes one. Yeah. Did you know? I don't know. You may be interested in this. I don't know if you like to read things digitally or not. But yeah, you, yeah, I you do. do. I do. Kindle Unlimited. Have you okay. ever seen that? Yeah, I have seen that before. Okay, it's basically like a Netflix for books, and not everything's mm-hmm. on there, but. All of their stuff is on there. Oh wow! Everything, every through new eyes is so it's ten bucks a month, and everything that everything that's been written by one of those guys is on there for for. If I didn't have like all the, I get like the premium Logos online package yeah. for school. If I didn't have that with already the access that I have, yeah, then I would, yeah. I'd do that anyway. But Ecclesiastes has been great. It's been a really really fun. Um. It's just been very edifying to go yeah. through that. Uh, as it's a weird school. how many real life things have tied into it. Too. I know it, it's very strange. It's it has it's kind of becoming my favorite book of the Bible. I agree uh, at the moment. It, it's it, it's just great. Yeah, I think it appeals to my um, more um, absurdistic absurdist. No. Yeah, you know, which yeah. again, those are not yeah. the same. So I'm not you know yeah. for anybody listening, I'm, I'm not saying that they are, but. I would say it's more absurdist. Yeah, which more is, absurdist. Which I have more of a. I have an absurdist would be the opposite of a nihilist, and I mm-hmm. I have appreciation for an absurdist. I don't have much appreciation for a nihilist. Mm-hmm. So, I, even though I'm not an absurdist, I have uh, sort of a absurdist tendencies. Absurdist tendencies. That's what you said at Presbyterian. I said I'm all mill with post mill tendencies. Yeah, I have absurdist tendencies. <laughs> uh, I'm an existentialist with absurdist tendencies. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. I think that that's been really good, and then I even saw, I have not read the article yet, uh, but I saw that um, Gospel the Gospel Coalition, Coalition oh, yeah, put out an article on, I, I have a agree. feeling that I'm going to disagree with his yeah, I don't agree with interpretation of, of Ecclesiastes. That, yeah. <laughs> did not you read that whole article? Not his interpretation of Bo Burnham so much yeah. as what he thinks Ecclesiastes yeah. is saying. There, there's yeah. a few things I had Which to what with. Because yeah, I'm yeah. more optimistic about yeah. what Ecclesiastes is saying. Yeah. Again, if you, mm-hmm. and it all truly keys around how you translate that word vanity that so commonly uses vanity that is really such a bad word way to translate it in the modern context of how we think of the word vanity or vain it really vapor is much better mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. life is a vapor not mm-hmm. that life is all vanity and useless worthless it's just that it's quick 
Yeah. And it's yeah. not going to matter. I, I used it the other day thinking about cutting grass, like how your grass grows back yeah. immediately in three days. And the, it feels like, you know. Yeah, what was even the, the point? What was even the point? <laughs> what was even the point? Well, That's what I, I, see, I, I think that it's like the best way to look at it for me, I've used this example when I've taught like youth or, or school mm-hmm. before, is like, it's like when it's cold and you see your breath. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what life yeah. is. It's a vapor. It goes mm-hmm. away. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's not that yeah. it doesn't have meaning or anything like that. It's not that it's all about, you know, selfishness, like was what the word vain, you know, in sort of implies in our yeah. context. It's just that it's a vapor. It, it's going to go away. And so there are two ways to respond to that. You know, one is to not take anything too seriously and yeah. also to take everything very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like it's both of them. And that's what I like about the book yeah. so much is this, it's not just it's not either or it's like it's wisdom literature in the same way that Proverbs is. But it's kind of the opposite of Proverbs, whereas mm-hmm. Proverbs tells you that, you know, the virtuous man mm-hmm. gets what he deserves and all that kind of stuff. And the wicked get what they deserve, whereas Ecclesiastes says, well, also, sometimes a righteous man does not temporally get what he seems he deserves. Yeah. And sometimes the evil don't seem to get what they deserve temporally. Mm-hmm. but they everyone will and yeah. you know it's all and so what are you going to do living life under and again it's sort of absurdist what mm-hmm. are you going to do living life under the condition that things are not going to some or oftentimes not going to seem to go as they should yeah mm-hmm. you know where we mm-hmm. are yeah and what are we going to do with that it's a guidebook for living in a clown world yeah <laughs> that's pretty good i like that <laughs> yeah i mean that is that is good though but anyway so i think that it's just uh it it's it truly is kind of absurdist in that mm-hmm. point where it's like, okay, human nature has fallen, but you got to learn how to live with it. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with it? I mean, it's kind of stinks, but so what? Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of, it's that mm-hmm. kind of book. And I just have really liked it. And like I said, I've taught maybe four or five Sunday schools and recorded them. And so we may yeah. post a few of those in off weeks or midweeks or something. And people can. Uh, were y'all going book by them. book, chapter, verse by verse? Yeah, verse by verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, and then now I see that uh, just this week Theopolis dropped a introduction to Ecclesiastes from James Jordan. Oh wow! So I'll, I'll so they're pull gonna, from I those. guess they're going to start yeah. posting his Ecclesiastes lectures yeah. over the la- over the next. That's know, good. To know. Every Friday Again, now it looks like how many things in real life keep crazy. pointing back to it's it's amazing simulation. Yeah, it's weird. Some it's just, just I guess God that's pro- I guess that's just providentially what we need in this post covid yeah. world I agree. whatever I agree I think that could be what it is it's certainly been good for me it has made me more it has it has put me back into an optimistic frame yeah. of mind which Agreed. is which I was kind of losing uh through sort of the dregs of everything and even now as things seem to be ratcheting back up it seems like the the information machine is starting to um begin to just sort of uh, wind back up at us with mm-hmm. everything, you know, who knows mm-hmm. what the next few months are going to hold, but they do not seem to be satisfied with everybody going back to normal. So we will, we will see what, what happens after this, but it's going to be, uh, you know, we're going to need to remember this stuff yeah. from Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. and keep it. I, I can tell you too, that one of the things I think that's been the most frustrating about this last year for me is that I went from Montana to Mexico to Maine. And if I did not know what was going on in the world, I would not know that it was going on in the world. And it's like, so when you, like things came out today, like the stock market was down 800 points because of like new fears of COVID and stuff. Like 
I I've been keep, everywhere. I, I it's like been it doesn't even exist that, anymore. That kind of stuff yet they lately. keep trying to pump it to to for the fear mm-hmm. and the control. Mm-hmm. And it, if you weren't online, you wouldn't know it was, it was still around. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it depends on what online. Because I do think, I mean, I think like TV media is, is the main culprit more yeah. than online. Yeah. Um, because they're the... Well, if you were unplugged, I guess I should <clears> yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Because TV media is the legacy media that yeah. we have right now, like newspapers used to be. Yeah. They're going to be less influential. And I mean, they already are less influential, but they still have a very, very large role to play and influence in the country because so many people still get their news that way. I, I can't identify with that. No, I can't mm-hmm. either. I can't understand that at all. Mm-hmm. But so many people still do. That is how people get their a, a lot of their their thoughts on things is from TV media. Did you see the dude that went after Brian Stetler yesterday on a mm-hmm. show? I can't remember who it is. It's some reporter that wrote a book. I can't remember. Gosh, I wish I could remember. Anyway, hilarious. It was great. I got to show it to y'all. Yeah. But, um. They are going to get taken down, but we're just not there yet. And they have so much control. It is weird living in a world where you, you can actually control the type of news you consume to still voluntarily submit yourself to something that is up in the air in terms well, of truth. It, it is weird, and I'm with you. Like, I can't, I don't understand it. But at the same time, I do understand it. It's like, do you have any interest in getting on TikTok? No. Do you have any interest in having it like no, being active on no, TikTok? No. no. All right. So that's how boomers view Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably how, how we are. We're on Twitter and we view TikTok as like, oh, come on. Yeah. But you talk to companies or whatever, that's where they're doing their marketing right now. Like TikTok is getting absolutely huge, which is a whole other topic considering <laughs> how who it's controlled by and how they're what the AI is programmed there yeah. to do. But anyway, we won't get on that now. But so that, that's how it happens, you know, and it'll happen to yeah. us too. We will continue to get it in some way that we are comfortable with and we're used to. I mean, think about it. I mean, what music are you listening to that is new? Yeah. Not from people that you already, I mean, yeah. if, if somebody we already listen to comes out with something, mm-hmm. but you're not listening to, are you listening to Post Malone? You said no. you listen to hip hop. Uh, I would, a couple of like his Ooh, older, his older Malone. album, uh, I guess circles. he's probably not a good example. I'm trying to think because he is sort of more our age yeah. rap. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't consider him rap though. He's more yeah, like R and B. Yeah, I know. I, I just hate R&B-ish. him, so I don't know. Yeah, but. I don't. I don't care for him to be honest. Anyway, you know, my point still stands. Yeah. You're probably not listening to any. No, I'm listening to like Gucci Mane, right. same old stuff. Right. This is a good time to ask this question. Have you seen the news about Kanye's new album? I've seen that somebody has listened to it. He's holding a listening party. I did not know that. Yeah, so it's it feels a little more real at this point. Okay, that is real because all I heard was yeah. that somebody somebody who was like internet famous. Just drop the, kids. the thing. Just drop the thing. <laughs> well, this that's not how Kanye. I does know, it. I know, but just drop it. Okay, that's awesome. So I saw a thing where like somebody who's like YouTube famous, yeah, got to listen to it. Yeah, but I didn't believe him. Yeah, necessarily. I'm not saying I didn't believe him, but yeah, just, you don't know. It gives his comments more credibility now, like his positive review. Yeah. Like, right. Okay. That, you actually. Okay. Yeah. Now, now yeah. these two things taken together, yeah. that actually means something. Yeah. Now. So, is it going to be like a gospel album again? Or I haven't heard about that. Okay. I don't know. All, hey. The only thing I th- that I heard for, about was what he said in terms of uh, musically. This is like uh, a younger, hungrier Kanye out trying to hustle and make make his business grow. Watch out, world. I know. Because <laughs> like that was always my. Th- did y'all ever listen to Watch the Throne? The thing him and Jay Z did. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, but not like not like a deep dive. Yeah, like that is the best thing that Jay Z has done in the last, 
I mean, since the Black Album, easily. And the reason is because, like, Kanye, and that's what's scary is, Kanye is always hungry. Yeah. Like, yeah. I always view him as, mm-hmm. like, one of the guys yeah. who somehow, through his fame and through his riches, has stayed artistically hungry. Yeah. Even if I haven't, like, I didn't love Life of Pablo. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. It still was hungry. Like, it was very yeah. different, and he was going out, he was stretching, he was, you know, doing stuff. He obviously he was pissing everybody off that was working with him because he was working so hard mm-hmm. and making them work so hard and do new takes and send them new stuff like up until the deadline, you know. Yeah. So he's always still been a grinder. So if he's gonna do that again, like or he's gonna do it in what his he views as harder, which now he doesn't have Kim Kardashian distracting him. Yeah. Which is good. Like this is one of those he's if if women can get divorced in Christianity now for like mm-hmm. mental abuse. Oh yeah, she, emotional this, abuse. Yeah, this, yeah, this qualifies. Mm-hmm. She needs. He needs yeah. to get rid of her. Yeah, she's not a believer. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to be a believer. She tried to get him put in an institution yeah. that counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So I'm glad. Yeah, that, that they're gone because he's got to get rid of her mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah, and so that worked out. Maybe hopefully he'll be okay. But now that he's got her gone, he can. I think he's fine. I do too. I think he's gonna be. We're not. We're gonna see him better. Yeah, better. Definitely. But no, I did not know maybe it was, I didn't know it was possibly that imminent. Feels good. That he's got a listening Man. party. 2021. Yeah, it's great. Shh. I mean, it's some good content. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're here and for. And that's just, that's to just a layout of where we're going the next couple of weeks. That's right. We're hungry. We're like we're, a people that have yeah. never had a podcast before. Like a younger, mm-hmm. hungry version mm-hmm. who's out to yeah. make their first podcast episode. That's what we're here for. So I am excited. It's good to be back. Good to talk with you guys again. It's a great decompression vehicle. It is. It is. You know, because we're pretty sure no one is listening. And the the good thing is that we get to decompress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, like I've said before, it's kind of cool to have like a live journal. That's, to me, probably my favorite part about it. Yeah. Did you ever have a live journal? Uh, No, I had a Zanga. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. You were a hipster back then. Live journal was the name brand. You know, Zango was the was where the, all the hipsters went. Okay, I do want to address one thing, or not address. I want to discuss it because I don't address uh, implies that I have a problem. But mm-hmm. can I tell you one thing real quick? Sure. Though? I had a, a a girl that I liked on Zango. I just think you'll appreciate this. Yeah. Her name was her name her username on there was Tickle Me Emo. <laughs> oh my gosh! And you liked her? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Woo, I just I knew I knew you'd appreciate that. That is good. Was she a big dashboard confessional fan? Uh I don't think so. Seems like But she did I mean she was into emo, but Lincoln, Lincoln Park. No, like Hawthorne Heights. I don't even know. Would you consider Hawthorne Heights, yeah. Yeah. Would you consider Lincoln Park emo? I don't think I would have. Yeah. They're they're close though, especially their later stuff was yeah. very like I could see that. Like they're not dashboard. Yeah. But it was like just a little bit edgier dashboard. Yeah, it was like metal with yeah, it's not emo. metal though, really, is it? The er, the early stuff well, was like yeah. new metal, but see, that wasn't that emo. The early stuff, yeah, I guess yeah, it yeah. kind of was in the content, maybe. Uh, anyway, I don't know how we get to yeah. the emo. That is good. Uh, no, I wanted to talk about. Uh, oh yeah, I wanted to talk about your coffee takes. Okay, mm-hmm. and again, not that I disagree because I don't really. So I'm just going to rehash for the audience in case they didn't see your tweet. You said that, uh, and it's good persuasion on your part because you started out by saying listing you started out by giving a very disarming tweet 
where you're inviting people in. Can I can I hear the tweet? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll read. tell you now. I'll, okay. I'll I'll look it up. But you started out with like a very disarming tweet, inviting people in. Nothing too, nothing too fiery. Nothing really that anybody could disagree with. One because is this a thread? No, no, no. It's, it's just, just like two, two or three. Yeah. yeah, and and one because nobody really has enough experience or data to. It's a hard you know, thing to refute. Yeah, yeah. To, to fight you. So he just said that he's been to all 48 continents. Okay, not not continents, 48 states. Been to all 48 states in the in the uh, continental union. And he says he likes to go to coffee shops. And so okay. he gives you top five. Top five. Some coffee shop in St. Saint, do you say St. Augustine? Because the, the guy is called Augustine. St. Augustine, right, but we say St. Augustine. But the, the yeah, city is called St. Augustine. Augustine. Okay, so St. Augustine, Florida. Yeah. Uh, and then you, some you would other be one. doing that thing where people try to pronounce order in Spanish at a Mexican restaurant, <laughs> right. And actually do it. Uh, and, yes, I'm in. I'm going to go to Saint Augustine for for holiday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, the, another one, number two, is some uh, some coffee shop in Maine, in Belfast, Maine. Uh, third one is Spitfire in New Orleans. Another one is Prevail Union in Montgomery, Alabama. Never been to that one, uh, even though it's in our state. But I try not to go to the Gump. As long as I can yeah. stay away from it, it was just a horrible city. It is like in every way. Agree. Uh, and then the other one is a coffee shop in St. Simon's Island, Georgia. So he just names, you know, five. They're yeah. all over the country. Yeah. Nobody's mad about that, right? If you're in the Northeast, I wouldn't have, I, there's no way. Like I don't even know right. what what those are. Never so been any of them. Yeah. Well, I've been to Spitfire. That's yeah. it. But you know, anyway. So then he says this. This is the more fiery take, and a follow up announcement. Alabama has the best coffee in the country, and it's and this is the part I was this was really putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. He says, and it's really not that close. It's harder than I thought to find a good spot in the Northeast. Alabama has great spots in nearly every medium-sized town. Most states can't say that. Okay, mm-hmm. now define medium-sized town. Uh, the one we live in. Yeah, or like. Uh, oh, okay. You know, like some even smaller. No, well, no, yeah, like yeah. a uh, I don't know. Let's think of of you know, um, I don't know. Like it's hard to think of something that our, our listeners may identify with. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to think of like a um, it'd be like Alabama doesn't have. Okay, take Florida for example. I mean, Florida has what like six cities that are bigger than <laughs> right than yeah. Birmingham. Yeah. Which is our biggest city, right? Birmingham. You're, are you? So you're pretty much just saying Mobile, Birmingham, Huntsville. No, I, those would be big cities. Yeah, He's talking us. about medium cities, which would be places. If, I don't know if anybody knows any Alabama geography, but places like Coleman. Yeah. Uh, those are medium-sized cities. That's in North Alabama. See, I haven't city. checked out coffee shops there. So, uh, but I'm just saying. Well, I don't know about their coffee shop scene. I'm just saying that is an example of a. Yeah. Medium. I mean, Tuscaloosa would probably be a medium. I mean, it's a yeah a medium large town. Auburn would be a medium town, definitely not medium large, much smaller than Tuscaloosa, much less significant uh, places like that. But regardless, yeah. the point still stands. You know, you would have to consider our entire area probably as a medium sized town. Yeah. You know, but uh, anyway, so uh, the point though is that he's saying that Alabama, which I guarantee you, if you took a poll of people, no one would put Alabama in the top five coffee. Not places. even close. Yeah. But you're saying that while our highs may not be as high as other states, you're saying the consistency and the volume is unlike anywhere that you've seen. We have an extremely high floor. Right. Is what I would say. Right. Even in our area, like we have two coffee shops that I would throw into that kind of category. 
neither one of them are just absolute standouts to me, but both of them are better than almost anywhere I went on our last trip. And we went through some coffee hot spots. Right. You know? Right. And we have two of those kind of places. Yeah. Well. <laughs> See, I, I have a pushback. What's your pushback? I, I'm gonna say that more liberal cities have has have better coffee, and I, I believe I, from 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 Go just ahead. because there are more uh, there are more people who are interested in the hobby. There's and there's also uh, a, a a sense of uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna this is probably a, a bad take to <laughs> at least one person at this table, but. To know that light roast to medium roast is good coffee and that you don't overburn beans. Yeah. I feel like people in the South have a hard time with that. Now, that's it, a great take. Why do you think that's a bad take? I don't know. I thought, I don't know. So like, so, so when you go to, when you go, I'm thinking right now in my mind, when I go to Knoxville, there are a lot more kind of uh, shops that know that. And their beans are not over-roasted. Well, Knoxville is a bigger town than we are. Yeah, true. But Knoxville and Tuscaloosa would be a comparable town, and exactly. they have a very similar coffee scene. Okay. And that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're going to find coffee in Coleman, Alabama, mm-hmm. that you're not going to find in a similar-sized town in Maine. That's his point. Or, or, or in Tennessee. Okay. Or in Tennessee. So it's not necessarily the big cities. Like, you're yeah, right. Yeah, you go yeah. to, you go to you know, Nashville, and you go to Birmingham, and, yeah, they're probably all going to have, yeah. both have six to eight good coffee shops. His point is that in Alabama, there are more good little coffee shops in the state than anywhere else. Like, if you're just going to drive through the state, you have a better chance in Alabama of finding in like a smallish, medium town a good coffee shop than you do in anywhere else that he's been. And Even I, in like Oregon, yeah, I would say I would say you're right mm-hmm. in, in your assumption as far as like hipster and culture yeah. that kind of stuff. But I think that's what makes us more likely to have those kind of places. Is because in the in the states with those big cities, they all live in those big cities. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find hipsters living in, I don't even know, towns I can't think of in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. They all live in the big cities. Yeah, or Oregon. You're either you're either in Portland, exactly. or you are a woodcutter. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yes, like you are a redneck. Yeah, seriously, that's mm-hmm. the only two yeah. options. You're either if you live in, if you are not a redneck, you live in Portland. Yeah, if you don't live in Portland, you are a blue collar woodcutter. That's yeah. it. And it's like that in and that's not the Washington way it is around, state. That's not the way it is in our state yeah. because we don't have a real industry like that in any way yeah. anymore. It's all we independent. And right. It's all almost a lot of the research comes from online. Well, and what I'm saying though is, as far as like the reason I think that that this is the case with like he's saying our hipsters are spread out. They're not just concentrated in the big cities oh, in our right, state. Right. Is because we don't really have a like we used to have blue collar industry in the state. Yeah. It was all factories. It was. It was those kind of, it's like chemical factories, those kind of things. Well, all all the things that are kind of shut down now mm-hmm. uh, in the same way that you would see like in the Rust Belt. Mm-hmm. That's really what our blue collar industry used to be. We're not like Portland or somewhere that still has a vibrant blue collar minist- um, ministry, uh, <laughs> still has a, a, a blue collar, you know, industry. industry going on. And so our hipsters are sort of spread out because you can live in a, like, if you're not a, if you're not a hipster, you're probably just like a doctor or something, yeah. you know, yeah. or a lawyer. If you're in the state of Alabama, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. a lot of white collar jobs, and so I think that's why this may be the case. Now, again, I have no way to know whether your hypothesis is true or not because I don't. I try to travel as little as possible, and so there's no way for me to know. But I'm just saying I could see that being the case because anecdotally of what I'm just talking about, that we're sort of 
like you're saying, the hipsters are not just concentrated in the big cities. And I think also, though, that coffee, craft coffee is very similar to craft beer in what has happened to the industry in the last 10 years. I think what you, Gearhardis, were saying about the more liberal cities was mm-hmm. true 10 years ago mm-hmm. and is less true now. I mean, But 10 don't you years think ago, that's because of the internet? Partly because of the internet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and no just doubt. education, just guys yeah. educa- educating themselves. Also, online shipping. No doubt. Mm-hmm. But I think that just in general, we have, uh, like I used to be able to name you, like, where a craft beer came from. Yeah. Like there were, there were just not that many craft. Oh yeah, for sure. You know I mean? I could tell you, I remember I was rating them on a, what was that app? Uh, Oh, untapped. mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I could, I could tell you anything you wanted to know about like some brewery in North Carolina that, you know, and so they're just, but now every town has a brewery. Like we have a a good bit of stuff here in the North. Exactly. Just all through North Alabama. I mean, there used to be like in North Alabama, we used to have like three. It's mm-hmm. like straight to ale, blue pants, which is gone now. And uh, oh, blue pants and, is gone. Yeah, they're gone. I think. Yeah. I thought I so. like their amber. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think they're gone. And then like Yellowhammer, that's it. And now there's just like there's one everywhere, all yeah. through North Alabama. There's there's a one in every town. So it's just different now in that way. And thing. I think coffee has done the same thing. Is this just there's a pro- pro- proliferation of, you know, you're right because like Opelika is a great coffee town. Like a shockingly, they have like three fantastic, I mean, this is like a nothing town. Yeah. Man, that's a great point. See, I I hadn't even thought about that. I actually had a blue check quote tweet me, and uh, they're like a sports writer, and she agreed, and I had several people in her comments who were like, I live in San Francisco, and I actually still get my beans shipped from Opelika. What? Yeah. Yeah, I I was actually surprised at how much positive feedback that got. Because I thought it would make people mad. Yeah. It really didn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at your feedback now because I haven't looked at this before now, but... Look at the quote tweets and then look at uh, Alex McDaniel. Quote tweeted it and read her responses. And that's where people are like glowingly positive I, I, about it. Yeah, because that's not as disappointing. I thought when you were you said that, that it was a hot take or whatever that... Well, I kind of thought it was going to be a hotter take. I did too. Because until I've seen these responses. I just kind of, I guess, assumed... Well, I tested it out in the group message because I thought there might be a, like a little bit of feedback. Man, you're right. She, yeah, she's all over that. Man, fascinating. Are people agreeing with her in the comments? Maybe one or two disagreements, but most of them are are agreeing with her. Yeah, because she's right, and that's the thing. People automatically. The only negative comments I saw were people being like, "Yeah, that clearly did not understand the point." Correct. Where they're like, "Um, hello, have you heard of such and such in yeah. Knoxville?" It's like, "Yes, it's good." Not what the tweet's saying. Yeah. The tweet is saying that there, See, that would there be are, the, other, yeah, yeah. There the are only, other good coffee shops. That's yeah, not what you're saying. Yeah. What you're saying is that there is not the same amount in abundance and in quality yeah. in the state. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the town you always have to drive through? Uh, not Lawrence. Maybe there's Lawrenceburg in Tennessee. Like yeah. Towns like that, we would have good coffee down yeah, here. We, you're right. That's a great example. That is, Lawrenceburg that's doesn't example. have one. Right. That is. I that's thought you were going to say something terrible that like French press was the best way to make coffee and you needed like dark roast French <laughs> no, 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 roast. No, it was like, bean. it was an Alabama coffee take. It yeah. was a regional take. And I hope you're right. I, again, I don't have enough experience to know. Now I know enough about coffee to where if I did have the experience, I could tell you whether you were right. But I, I try, like I said, I try not to travel. Uh, so I don't know if you're right, but I hope you are. Cause that would be a nice thing to be proud of. Yeah. I kind of. Th- I'm I, just gonna go off of it. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm totally gonna own it, and I'm gonna do it with a lot of confidence, so that people will have a hard time arguing. Yeah, it's a fun art because it may. It seems like it shouldn't be right. Right. 
right? Right. Like, what an absurd yeah, thing to think on. that we're going to be the best at that. Yeah. I kind of think we are. We are. No, we definitely we are. are. We definitely I'm are. I'm 100%. Yeah. I'm totally with you. There's no way that it, that we're not right about this. Yeah. And I tweeted out thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna make people mad. It really didn't make people mad, which makes me think I really am right. I know I was like I said that. I, I all I saw was your tweets, and you know I've thought about it, thought it was funny, and I'm now as we're sitting here reading the comments, and I'm like, there are a lot of people agreeing with you. Yeah, and there, a this lot of people who don't as, even live in Alabama. Not as hot, of, yeah. right? Not to Alabama people. Most yeah. of them are not. Yeah, and it's, this is not as hot of a take as I thought it was. It's maybe it's just a good take, a rare good take from Bourbon <laughs> Ghost. I'll take the win. Well, a rare good not hot take. So everybody can have a good take that's hot yeah. once in a while. You know, it's it's at least a good take in the sense that it's fun. Mm-hmm. This one's just straight up good. It's not even a hot it's take. A good take. Just a good take. Thanks. Yeah, very well done. I'm going to do some more exploring on this. I think you should write a blog post about about this experience. I could About everything we just talked about. Yeah, yeah. You know, your example of like Lawrenceburg, Tennessee is a perfect example. You know, it's probably like a 10,000-person town. Yeah. We would totally have a good coffee shop in a 10,000-person town yeah. in Alabama. Oh, I was about and to say, been. where is the we coffee shop in Lawrenceburg? Because there's never anywhere to stop. No, there's not. That's the that's what he's saying. Okay. And think about that. Yeah, that's And true. I've never thought about that, but you're exactly right. I don't even know if they have coffee shops in a lot of these places. Like, when I'm traveling through, I'll look and... Right. I mean, there might be some, like, a boomer place. That's it. Man. Actually, that is how... That's one of the reasons I was thinking about this, is when we were on one of our trips... We stopped at a place that looked like it was going to be great. We didn't know. We'd never been there. And we walked in. And it was, it was a like boomer place. Boomers behind the counter. And we went trash. to a place like yeah. that in the Smokies. It's just terrible. Yeah. That's what you just, you just know them when you walk in. Yep. Mm-hmm. You just yep. know them when you walk in. But like, also, I'm, I'm getting Folgers here. This sucks. Yeah. The opposite, though, can also be true where you know that these people are so up their own ass that they're not any good. Also true. And you can get mm-hmm. that yes. in coffee And I did have, too. I have had that. Yeah. yeah. And so you can, and you'll know that when you walk in the door too. Yep. A lot of times it's, it's not that hard to Man, I want to shout out. someone there, out. There was a place in uh, Sleepy Hollow, New York. We stopped at, we, you know, Sleepy Hollow, that's be a cool place to swing through. It could buy a crane. I really, that's one of the top golf courses I want to play in really? my life. Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Well, it's private, but it's it just, a, it just looks so sick. Yeah. But anyway. The, town was kind of sketchy and there are many golf in. courses that i want to play so yeah that's just one of i can like believe the that. hundred that i really want to get on someday well this, this this place actually had a sign up that said uh we will not serve you if you have not had the vaccine <laughs> and you know how are you gonna know that well i got a coffee there anyway and it was like it was so pretentious that i thought it's got to be good yeah it was not so let me tell you one i sorry to change subjects but one of the reasons i really want to play uh sleepy hollow is because their logo is probably my favorite logo of all time. And, you know, you kind of have this rule where, so, you know, you just you just can't wear a logo of a golf course that you haven't played. Yeah. You know, and it's just kind of a thing. People do it, but I'm, I'm just not going to do it. So, so the golf course looks awesome, but the other reason that I want to play it is because the logo is so good and I want to be able to wear the logo. I'm going to buy, like, enough hats and shirts to do me for a while, yeah. you know, but I can't do that until I play it. But anyway, so anyway, look at this logo. How yeah. good is it? Yeah. yeah. It's just Head- a great logo. I would wear horseman. that, and I haven't played it. Yeah, it's the, kind of the headless horseman, you know, Sleepy yeah. Hollow thing. And so it's just it's just a good logo. Yeah. And there's many good logos, so this yeah, is and a... You, you kind of don't want to wear some, because if, if somebody brought back, like, a St. Andrews shirt, somebody's going to ask you, oh, you played... Exactly. No, I haven't. No, I just have the shirt. Well, yeah. that's lame. Yeah. Nobody wants to, and especially if it's a private course, like in America. So yeah. if you're playing, yeah. like, if you're wearing, like, a Cypress Point shirt it's like 
oh man, you've played Cypress Point. It's like no. Somebody I know did. And they yeah, brought some it back. my buddy brought me a shirt. Yeah. It's like no, you you cannot do that. Yeah. So it's same with this one and Sleepy Hollow. It's recently been redone or like not. It's been um I don't know what's the word. It's been a uh, uh renovated, but it's been brought back to what it, the original design was. Okay, you know because we've sort of gone on this before, but a lot of golf courses in America. Yeah that were built that were golden age, what they call golden age golf courses built by one of the golden age architects in the twenties, thirties era, like got overgrown and did not get well maintained. But now there's kind of been this resurgence of redoing them and bringing like, take a look, getting the original designs, original aerials and cutting trees down, putting the greens back how they were. And sleepy hollow is one of the ones that's been that way. So it's like back to its original and it's got some of the best views. It's like one of the most, it, it's kind of one of those that swung on a pendulum. Like when it first got redone, it was like really cool to say Sleepy Hollow is one of the, is underrated. And now it's been uh, said so much. Now it's yeah. almost like people are probably listening that are golf nerds that are like, nah, it's not even, it's totally overrated yeah. now. It's swung, you know how that stuff does yeah. that? Because yeah. it's been done so much that way. And most people just, who have that opinion haven't played it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll show you all a picture of one of the greens that is the famous one that everybody takes a picture of. It's what's called a thumbprint green. Mm-hmm. So it's like this big square green. And in the middle is like this indention, looks like a thumbprint on mm-hmm. it. And in the background is always like the, the coast. Yeah. And it's just like so photogenic. And so when it first happened and people were taking pictures of that after they redid it, it was like, oh my goodness, how yeah. are we not playing this? And now it's been done so much that everybody's like, yeah. okay, we've seen that picture a million times. Yeah. It's like the worst part of the internet is this, you know, the, yeah. the, the, uh, the what is, what does Burnham say? The, the backlash to the backlash yeah. of the thing that's yeah. just begun. It's just like that. Cause this was just like five years ago yeah. and it's already had enough time in the internet world to be really really popular goes from obscurity to popularity all the way back to being oh the cynics are like okay we've seen that a million times it's like can we not be impressed with something awesome yeah without without worrying that somebody's gonna say that's not that awesome yeah like that's what's wrong with the internet you know the 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 what is it what is i just said the phrase the backlash backlash, to the backlash i keep wanting to say blowback but that's not it the backlash to the backlash but anyway all right well there you go you guys ready for the main topic tonight Let's do it. I think so. We are going to talk about PCA General Assembly. Mm-hmm. So this has been, uh, oh, it's been talked about now for, I don't know, mm-hmm. it feels like months, but it's really probably yeah. been like two months maybe. It was, so anyway, that's what we're going to talk about in our main topic. We'll do more of that uh, when we talk about it. But you guys got anything else you want to address with each other since we've, mm-hmm. any grievances to air or anything like that since we've been gone? I wish. Yeah, I, I know. Wish. Yeah, I don't really yeah. have anything. I pretty much I'm I'm cool with you guys. Yeah. I don't have anything to air I'm, out. I'm good. You good? No baggage to air out. No here, baggage. Guys? Okay. All right. Well, let's get on to our main topic then. <laughs> Time for our topic of the week. This week we are gonna talk about PCA General Assembly. It was last month, uh, last week of June. Um, I went this year myself, first mm-hmm. time as a commissioner, uh, as a ruling elder at my church. Very exciting, very very exciting nerd stuff going on. I uh, live streamed it. Did you? Did yeah. you watch? Did you watch a good bit of it? Um, just just the day of the overtures. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. On Thursday, so um, this was my first general assembly experience. So I figured we would. Just I've been of, before. Have you? Yeah. When did you get? I, what I, year? I went uh, the year that we had the uh, rate the. 
toward the end of the General Assembly, we had like a, a big talk on like racial reconciliation. There was a whole big deal in about Birmingham? it. Um, no, this was in uh, Chattanooga. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I went with a, a ruling elder at the time. I was in college. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I have been uh, Presbyterian and, well, I've only been PCA since I've been Presbyterian for, uh, I guess, about nine or ten years now. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, about the same for me. Yeah, and so, you know, I um, certainly, I would say the church polity, this kind of stuff is sort of the stuff you get into later, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit later, especially the inner workings. And so, um, but, you know, like most things, I, when I get into it, I get into it, like, hardcore. And so um, it was really fun, you know, like I said, kind of nerd fun. It was interesting to, you know, be a part of all the... Uh, Robert's rules and all that kind of stuff. Some people find, I mean, it was kind of annoying at times, but it's also, like I said, it's just kind of nerdy fun. And so, uh, but it was a couple general observations before we start specifics. First of all, you know, and this is, I'm looking at it from the perspective of a ruling elder. So first of all, uh, is holy cow at the amount of wasted time, like at this thing. Yeah. I'm at, oh my goodness. Imagine so. It is just like, it, it's this weird mix between, being a, a a convention, you know, a conference, and being which General I have Assembly. in business before, so I, I guess everybody can relate to that. Yeah, right. Being at like, a conference, yeah, being at a conference or a convention, you know, mm-hmm. and then also it being business to do mm-hmm. a, gen, a general a court mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. church, which is what it is, you know, a time to adjudicate. Yeah, and so it's very interesting because you know for for a ruling elder who has a job and a family and stuff to go back to that this is not their this is not their job to be there. Mm-hmm. I think it's a different perspective from a teaching elder, you know, and that's the way mm-hmm. it would be if you were working a job where you had to go to a conference when you're working, you don't mind being there. You don't mind wasting time. Cause it's either you're there or you're at work. Right? Yeah. It's not yeah. that big of a deal. Yeah. But if you're on vacation and being taken away to a conference, it's more annoying mm-hmm. when you waste, right. You don't mind going, but you want it to be purposeful. Yeah. And so I think, and also, and, and I get it, this is a great time for, you know, seminary buddies to catch up, you know, teaching elders who used to work somewhere else at a different church to see their buddies mm-hmm. at the old church or, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. That stuff is good. It's also a networking opportunity for people looking to move up the ladder or, you know, to to do whatever. And, you know, and then there's also this big convention hall, like I said, so it's like a convention where there's all these exhibitors, right, you know, selling banner, books. Yeah, selling books and seminaries there, you know, representing mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, um and none of that is necessarily bad. You know, what I would prefer, even though it's never going to happen, is I would prefer there would be a separate PCA conference or PCA convention that would take care of all the networking, all the exhibitors, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, and then have a general assembly that more resembles the OPC's general assembly, which right. is smaller, or it doesn't even have to be smaller. If you don't want to delegate, that's fine. Yeah, we don't even talk about that. We'll just say just actually there to do business. Yeah. You know, like you get there with a desk. Like you're, you're actually to, trying to make decisions yeah. to rule the right, church. Right, and, and so what ends up happening is all the business pretty much gets pushed to Thursday, to the last day. It does. And it goes to midnight. Yeah, or later. Or later. You know, like this year. And because nobody wants to be there Friday because most people have to get back. So they'll just go into the wee hours of the night and get it done. Whereas we were there for four days. There is no reason for us to have to cram yeah. all this business into basically after dinner on the last day. So pretty much from 7 until we get done. So five or six hours, we got to get all the important business done. And it is, it can be really frustrating, you know, if you've been there since Monday. I was on a committee of commissioners. And so 
those meetings oftentimes happen Monday. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to be there. We left it to, to get there. It took us about six hours to get there. We left at 5 a.m. Monday morning, and then you're not done till 1 o'clock a.m. Friday morning, basically, That's right. you know, Thursday so night. So all that time in between. Yeah, you just, there's you a lot do? of, well, there's three worship services throughout the time. Um, there are seminars, all these different seminars. There's assembly-wide seminars, too, in, the, like, the main hall. And then there's, like, breakout sessions. Um, then there's— um, Are they good? Uh, I mean, I wasn't that interested. I went to I went to one that was very interesting that was really not long enough, which was kind of a debate between David Cassidy and David—gosh, the Scottish guy. David um, Strain. Okay. Uh, on strict subscription. Oh, okay. Versus uh, strict subscription— Based not 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 strict. It was basically on subscriptionism, and it'll be yeah. on one of these topics we were talking about. Where basically, okay. one of the uh, one of the issues we had to settle at this general assembly was a presbytery that was yeah. um, asking men not to teach their exceptions to the confession. Yep. So anyway, right. that was kind of what the debate was about. So that was interesting, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a pretty good debate, but it was too short because yeah. they basically spent thirty minutes talking about the areas they agree. Yeah. To sort of yeah. smooth everything and then spent 15 minutes actually disagreeing. And it's yeah. like, just flip that. We, we know we agree. We, yeah, we know yeah, we're good. Yeah. Like, but let's talk about the issue. But anyway. But nothing like a, no conferences on like serious Bible topics or anything like that. or uh, Not that I am aware. I'm sure, and I'm really trying not to be pithy. I'm sure there were some. Yeah. I did not, you know, maybe it's a me problem. I was not that interested in. Going. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, there's so, and again, that would be great if I was there for a convention or a conference. You know, I, I like to go mm-hmm. to conferences, but. I'm not there for that. I'm there for the, the court, you know? Yeah. And so anyway, so, you know, you're having to pay and a lot of ruling elders are paying out of their own pocket to go or churches are having to pay for four nights of hotels and stuff. But where, you, you got to be well off to be doing that. Yeah. We could do this in two, two days easily, you know, if we, if we wanted yeah. to, you know, have, have maybe one worship service at the very beginning and one at the end, if you want to, or just one and let's do the business, mm-hmm. you know? So, but you know, but it, again, that's a small complaint. I would do it differently, but I don't see that changing anytime soon. There's, there's too much at stake, you know, to, to change that. But so anyway, but I had a good time. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed um, getting to you know talk to a lot of people, meet mm-hmm. new people in the in the denomination, and um, and hang out with with people I don't know, didn't know before, and you know where you have something here in common, and, and it was it really was enjoyable. The mood of it was was pretty good overall mm-hmm. the whole time. Um, I think everybody, even though it was a very contentious year, everybody knew there were big mm-hmm. issues to discuss. You really didn't get much of a backbiting spirit while mm-hmm. we were there. Um, I think we have seen unfor- some unfortunate things since the convention yeah, sort of be yeah. p- more public. And that really is unfortunate. I don't mean that mm-hmm. pithy at all. It really is because I, I really did feel like the the mood there was okay. Now, it may be because the, you know, I guess the particular side that I happen to agree with sort of prevailed, which we'll talk about. But it's not about, like, I don't know, winning or losing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it really did seem okay. You know, even talking to some people that I didn't fully agree with, you know, I didn't didn't mind it and didn't go poorly, but you know, so that's, but that's okay. I mean, that's, that's the way it goes. So anyway, let's, let's hit some of the highlights. What do you say? Okay. Some of the big issues. And I don't know how much did you probably didn't keep up with it much. Did you BG? We, uh, were you traveling at the time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kept up with it in text and then, uh, you actually, you and one of the other elders delivered, um, I guess a summary on a Sunday night. We watched that. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I'm kind of going to go through. So the first thing that was first thing that's of note that I think is, is interesting is the, the, uh, how many people were there. So first of all, uh, in 2019, which we didn't have one in 2020. So in 2019, that was the last GA, there were a total of 1,626 commissioners, TEs and REs. Mm -hmm. And that was the largest ever, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. And now this year we had 2,116. So huge increase in commissioners of that. Um, two years ago, there were 1,200, basically 1,200 TEs, teaching elders, and then about 1,500 TEs this year. So 300 more. 
and then which was a 27% increase in TE attendance. Mm-hmm. But for ruling elders, there were 400 ruling elders that came in 2019 and 600 that came in 2021, which is about a 50% wow. increase. So a pretty big increase in ruling elder participation involvement, yeah. and involvement, which is significant. It's not the it's not the largest TERE. It's not the largest percentage of REs compared to TEs that has mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. Uh, been, but it is larger than it has been in a, in a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that happens whenever there are big issues to discuss. You know, from mm-hmm. time to time, people pay more attention. It's like voter turnout or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a natural thing that happens. Um, and especially because this sort of had two years to fester, yeah. you know, and to bring awareness or whatever of what was going on or what needed to be discussed. And I certainly think that that, that um, was, you know, part of the reason why this was the case. So, Anyway, the first thing that I think was a big deal that happened or the big hot topic to discuss was the review of presbytery records, which I know doesn't sound exciting, but it was exciting. (laughs) So basically, the big issue that had to get discussed was that I referenced earlier was there's a presbytery or two, a few presbyteries that are being cited by the review of presbytery record committee Mm -hmm. on that they are ordaining men. So they are telling them their exceptions are okay, but they are not requiring them or they are requiring them not to teach their exception. Yeah. but to just teach the Westminster Confession. So here's what it would be like. Um, it, as an example, it would be like if I held one of the four accepted views on creation, yep. quote-unquote, right. if I were to, let's say I was a framework creation person, mm-hmm. and this presbytery ordained me, and they're saying, okay, that's okay, but whenever you teach creation in Sunday school, we want you to teach what this confession says, which is not framework. So teach the confession. Yeah, that's, um, right. Yeah. So that's the issue at, at stake here. And they were cited because... The, pres- the presbytery was cited because the committee was saying that you cannot bind a man's conscience that way. Agreed. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe we can talk about this then. So you cannot bind a man's conscience by telling him what to teach and what not to teach. The presbytery says, well, the presbytery had a few rebuttals. Their main mm-hmm. rebuttal pretty much focused around that it is not the General Assembly's purview to do that because the General Assembly is not good. The big catchphrase around this whole is the peace and purity of the church. So the, yes. the General Assembly yeah. is not going to be aware of the sensitive nature of these issues Mm -hmm. maybe in a presbytery so let's say that in a presbytery there had been a big church split like four churches split over pedo communion Mm -hmm. okay they might ordain a pastor who had those tendencies but they're going to say because of the sensitivity although i guess this is probably a bad example they wouldn't ordain you probably but for let's say there had been a big split over framework you know and people had split Mm -hmm. and got all mad about it and it may not be that big of a deal nationally like we may not care Mm -hmm. but in that area it is such a hot topic that they do not want you to bring that up. Mm-hmm. You know, they want you to teach what the confession mm-hmm. says. You're okay to talk about it. They're not saying you have to lie or say that you, what people will ask you or in conversation that you can't say, well, this is what I think. And so here's why this is to me an okay thing for the presbytery to do. Mm-hmm. And then you can give me your okay. rebuttal if you want okay. to. But the reason is because we are not dealing with things that are definitely right or wrong. Creation is an example of one of them. So I'm not framework. I, I'm six days, yeah. but let's say that I was framework. You know, most of the people that I've met, they say, well, I think that it's framework, but I don't think it's heretical to hold six day. Right. It's the way I view framework, right? right? It's like, well, I, I'm six day and I think you're wrong, but you know, who knows? You might be right. Let's but there are many it. people that would be six day that would say you're wrong. For, Agreed. Yeah. I, I would be that yeah. way about evolutionary yeah. creation. Right. There's, there's evolution. some people that are like that about uh, one any, of the four views. views. One of the four views. Yeah. Right. But in this case, and that's true, but in this case. Because it wasn't the, the case, uh, the fact that a guy held to, I, I believe, either a framework view and he was. His presbytery said you can do that, but you can't teach anything but six-day creation, and he taught against it. That may have been one of them. Yeah. You may, if, yeah. If you read that, you may be right. Yeah, I yeah. thought the big ones this year were— this was That was last year. Okay. The big ones this time were um, images of Christ. Oh, okay. And the Sabbath. Okay. Those are the two mm-hmm. that I'm aware of that, that a particular presbytery was 
you know, somebody might be okay with images of Christ, but they were saying, don't teach that. You have to teach what the confession says about images. And mm -hmm. the same thing on Sabbath. You can have your exception to the Sabbath, but don't teach that. Yeah. You teach what the confession says about the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. So my point would be this, is that there are, like I teach Sunday school now. Yeah. You know, there are many things that I think that I don't teach in Sunday school. Right. For the peace and purity of the church, mm -hmm. because it's really not my place up there to give mm -hmm. my views on something that are, let's say they are, let's say I do have a view that's more fringe that I think I'm right about. I would yeah. hold the view if I didn't, but okay. yeah. it's not an essential. It doesn't strike at the vitals and it doesn't hurt my conscience. Yeah. To, and I do this all the time at, at school, right? The, yeah. the, the school that I teach at is non-denominational, mm -hmm. but I'm reformed. Mm -hmm. So how do you teach that way? Right? Yeah. Well, it, it's not hurting my conscience to teach what Arminians think about theology, even yeah. though I don't think that's right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not the only mm -hmm. view in the world. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, it doesn't hold my conscience to teach both views. Right. Does that make sense? Right. And so, especially when you're dealing with something that is not, uh, well, doesn't strike at the vitals. Mm -hmm. It's not salvific. Yeah. And it's not heretical to believe the opposite mm -hmm. or the other view, you know. Um, like, I mean, I don't believe in, I don't do any images of Jesus. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it's heretical. Yeah. I can right. understand how somebody right. in good faith. Right. Exactly. Thinks it's okay. Exactly. So that's okay. We disagree. And, mm -hmm. and I'm not, and so it doesn't, yeah, me, I think my objection, your conscience. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, I, I think I changed my position, but, but it's more of from the state of maybe of what we view a uh, subscription, how, how, yeah, this is all a proxy could, war yeah, yeah. on subscriptionism. You're right. I mean, the, the Presbytery is the Presbyteries that do this are probably more strict subscription leaning Presbyteries that right. think the, that think the denomination should have always been strict subscription, which I'm kind of leaning out of, right. Out of favor of. Right. And I see what yeah. you're saying. And, and I, again, that's even one of those where I can hear every side mm -hmm. of the argument. I'm not necessarily. There's been times where I th would say I was a strict subscriptionist, but I don't know. Right. It depends. Like, what do you mean by that? You know, it's it depends. Like it depends when then you're going to, especially with justification and sanctification and stuff like that. But yeah. But. And so, you know, the denomination has always been a good faith subscription denomination. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's any denying that. Am I wrong? No, I mean, no, it's been good faith. I mean, that's been the, that's the denomination. The guys who founded the PCA were not strict subscriptionists. Right. And so, you know, this one, I again, this is one of those where I can hear good faith arguments on either side, mm -hmm. and it doesn't really upset me that somebody's on one side or the other. Except that it was a little bit of a proxy war of the other issues that we're going to talk okay. about. Because I really think this was a little bit more of a specific attack at certain presbyteries mm -hmm. and the people that are involved in those mm -hmm. presbyteries. Mm -hmm. um, and so this vote was going to be interesting because it was really going to show, I think the way the rest of the general assembly was going to go oh, because it was a little bit of a proxy war. You know what I'm saying? Between whatever you want to call the two sides, you know, that mm -hmm. are sort of working things out right now. And so how was that resolved? Uh, it was resolved in favor of the presbytery that mm -hmm. they are allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which has pretty much been the, and again, the other thing is, and this is the reason why I think it was a little bit of a proxy war is it was being presented almost as though this is something that's done pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. And the Presbytery noted that they have only done this five times in 50 years. Okay. So this is not used often. And it truly is, if it's being used in good faith, then it truly is only being used whenever they feel like this is something that is going to harm the peace and unity in the church or in, yeah. in the Presbytery. So it is like a localized issue. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I can understand that because even at our church, right? Let's say our church had had some sort of issue then it would not be wise for us to strike up. Let's say that, you know, and the church was healing from this, there'd been some kind of breakup. It would not be wise for me to strike up a conversation in Sunday school, something that is really controversial to the church that is not something that is vital, right? Mm -hmm. Like if the, if, if the church didn't want me to teach something that was vital or salvific, that would be different. But let's say it is but creation. If, but, if, but if it comes up in the text, though, what if you're addressing the text and 
and there's a a, a reading that comp, that contradicts the confession. I'm trying to think. Dude, of, I'd have to hear the yeah, example. Yeah, you know, but because if you're because in my mind at least, and it may not be this yeah. way 100, but in my mind, we're dealing with things that are up for debate. Right. We're not dealing with things that are certainly true. But okay, but like if if it was a strict Sabbatarian. If if you if you're let's say the presbytery was strict Sabbatarian, the guy comes in and he's teaching the class, and in an application he says, you know that he th- that he thinks it's okay to go out to eat or whatever, you know, yeah, so, yeah, some some a more yeah, I think that if he feels that strongly that he doesn't need to teach it, I mean that yeah. he needs to teach that, yeah, then he doesn't need to be in that church, or at least in that presbytery, yeah, that's that's yeah, what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, by that, yeah. you know, then if it's that big of a deal to you, which first of all, to me, it shouldn't be mm-hmm. because that's a de- very debatable issue. Mm-hmm. So again, I guess I'm just a person that's used to having controversial opinions. <laughs> so I'm very used to being in the minority. Mm-hmm. So I'm very comfortable being in a situation where I believe something that no can't. one else in the room believes and still learning how to get along with those people and still have peace and unity okay. with those yeah. people. That's what I'm getting at. So, I mean, I hold views now that people in- But wouldn't a, lo- a, str- wouldn't a looser view of subscription be lean, lean more toward unity? Lend itself more well, toward it unity. Well, yeah. I think that's yeah. what this is. It's yeah. a loose subscription. Mm-hmm. It's saying that you can subscribe, yeah, but you need to be careful about what you teach. That, yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Right, and so I think that's that's where these. That's why I think that there can be disagreement on this issue in good faith. Is that one way to look at this? And this is the argument David Strain was making: is that this actually is a gracious way to do, uh, to do ordination, mm-hmm. because you are. It's being sort of more big tent. You're yeah. saying, yeah, you can be in our denomination. You can be ordained. You can be a pastor. What we're asking you to do is to be careful, mm-hmm. and when in doubt, let's let's lean on let's lean towards being peaceful. Yeah, and I think that's a, a a pretty good practice. And I mean, and I think I can feel like I have some ground to say this, because if if there's one thing that I am, it's I mean I'm in the minority a lot. I mean, y'all know some of yeah. my views, yeah. but yet I still don't cause controversy in the church with yeah. my views. Yeah. I may talk about them with people, but I in, I mean I'm not going to make it because I think. We're talking about how we're dealing with believers. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about going out and confronting sin with believers or confronting sin with somebody who is not a believer, mm-hmm. right? That maybe that needs to be more combative. We need to be more bold. But when you're dealing with believers and we're dealing so with So we're talking about public issues, preaching, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about— we, So the guy could specific, still talk to his yes. friends, other elders in the church. Yes, and that yeah. was specifically stated that they allow that. Yeah. They absolutely allow you to be open about what you think mm-hmm. and to have discussions about what you think, but it mm-hmm. is your public teaching and preaching okay. needs to lean towards, when in doubt, lean err on the side of mm-hmm. what the confession says, which leans towards the peace and unity, because that's yeah. the document that the yeah. church, the denomination, subscribes to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a reasonable position. It is. You know— even if I don't necessarily wouldn't always agree with the way it's applied. Mm-hmm. Like I said, and I, I speak, I feel like I'm somebody that submits to that on mm-hmm. a regular basis. Right. And I don't necessarily have to. Nobody's asking me to, but mm-hmm. I, I do because I want to. I do think that among the church, it is very important that publicly we are not um, in dis, uh, yeah. discord. Yeah. Right. I don't know if that's the right word, discord. Discord is. That's right. Okay. That we're not fighting. The world does not need to see us bickering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, we may do it for fun like brothers. But we have to be on the same team. Yeah, and I, I just have. I just feel essential. strong. I feel pretty strongly that loose, looser subscription will be necessary for more unity in the church. And I think this is a version of looser subscription. Yeah, because if you, if the presbytery got got cited for this, then mm-hmm. what would happen is is that those men would just not be ordained in that presbytery. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what they'd start doing, mm-hmm. and they would be yeah. forced to do that. Right. Because if you're going to be allowed to teach anything that you want to, then they're going to have to make sure your exceptions are exactly in line with what they want. And you'll have to, there'll be basically one of the fears is that if we do that, there'll be closed presbyteries and open presbyteries. Mm-hmm. That's how it would be divided. Yep. And so I can I think, already see that forming. Yeah. But I think this will help hopefully okay. with that is, is my point because yeah. it will be, again, it'll be, it's kind of our whole 
theory and theme, which is let's make it as localized as possible. Let's make these decisions in the presbytery and in the individual churches. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. No, it does. So, so that was the that was kind of the first big issue. And like I said, the one of the reasons that was a big deal, aside from what we were talking about, the principle of the mm-hmm. issue, which is fun, but the bigger deal was is like who's going to side with who. Mm-hmm. And that vote went in favor of the Presbytery, which I think would turn out to be indicative of the way the rest of the votes would go. Mm-hmm. And so, sorry, we are, we took a long time on that. But but I just hate that an ideological issue becomes p- political. I don't think it became that political. I'm okay. saying that it... it but you there's made just it a side as, thing. Well, there's yeah, there is, yeah, there's yeah. a side thing I wish that there. didn't. Ha- I wish that ha- didn't have to happen. But yeah. it, it, you it just, know, That's just yeah. the way the world is, man. All, everything yeah. is politics. Yeah. That's how the world works. <laughs> that's how the world works. You know, I did and it hurts. Um, so... That we took a while on that, but I do think that one that one was to me was the most fun one because it is like a, a principle, like ideological thing, and it's interesting. It's an interesting debate. Um, like I said, the debate between Cassidy and Strain was good. You could have some friendly banter about this, and, and I think all end up just kind of saying, "Hey, we'll, we're just doing the best we can here." So, and then we had the the bigger issues, which were the um, around a bigger, but the the hot button issues were dealing with um, sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so, do you want to give us a little background on that from 2019, Gear Hardest? Uh, I don't think there's really anything. Uh, tw- 2020 didn't happen because we ha- we had commissioned in 2019 a study committee for uh, on human sexuality. So so last year we were expected uh, due to COVID that was canceled, but we were expecting to hear that to hear that report. So this year you guys heard that. Report. Yeah, and the report was released last year, right? In 2020, so we were able to read it before, and then the report was officially. Um, presented to General Assembly this year. But it was all, you know, in 2019, what I was getting at, the big deal was that there was a TE that gave a speech from the floor, um, sort of, and then would later write an article in Christianity Today. And I'm really not trying to be, I'm really not trying to use, like, um, coded language or, like, language that is obviously um, biased, but, you know, for lack of a better term, sort of coming out. No, I mean, yeah, he called himself a gay Christian. Yeah, describing himself as a gay Christian. And so there's been this big debate over identity can you identify yourself as as gay and and then of course this all revolves around the revoice conferences that are going on and by yeah. now like we're not going to rehash it because by now if you're listening you've probably heard about it and if not you can you can google it and read about yeah. it and sort of see what's going on but the we're just talking about what happened at ga so the big deal at, at ga was that there were overtures from sessions that came forward that then got out of the overtures committee mm-hmm. to amend the book of church order to amend the bco in a way that would not allow ordained men to identify themselves with their sin yeah it was overture 23 and overture 37 yeah 23 and 37 and, and so it's go ahead. specifically uh, says uh bco uh 17 by adding amend bco 17 by adding a clause which prohibits ordination for men who self-identify as quote gay christians quote same-sex attracted christians quote homosexual christians or like terms okay so basically we'll get to them we can talk about it but we'll we'll get to the go through what happened so this was brought forward um, it got out of overtures and then it went back into overtures to get re to get revised and then brought back out. So it was brought to the floor. It was voted on. Uh, and I believe I've got the count, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it was uh, passed 78 percent. So 1438 to 417 passed this mm-hmm. overture, overture 23, which um, amended by adding clause which prohibits ordination for men who self-identify as gay Christian, same sex attracted Christian or like terms that was amended in the affirmative. So. Uh, and also a different place in the BCO, which says officers in the PCA must be above approach in their walk and Christ-like in their character. Those who profess an identity such as but not limited to gay Christian, same-sex attracted Christian, homosexual Christian, or like terms that undermines or contradicts their identity as new creations in Christ, either by denying the sinfulness of their fallen desires or by denying the reality and hope of progressive sanctification or by failing to pursue spirit-empowered victory over their sinful temptations, inclinations, and 
actions are not qualified for ordained office. Mm -hmm. So this passed, and then basically Overture 37 is the same thing, just a different part in the BCO um, clarifying moral requirements for for office, and that passed as well. And these are additions to the BCO, right. which I'll go ahead and say I'm not a huge proponent of and normally. The BCO? Or no, making, no, making making additions to the BCO. The yeah. RBCO is very large already. Yeah. It does not need a lot of additions, but this was a much-needed addition. Yeah, this is basically... Uh, to put it in like constitutional terms, this would be like amending the constitution. Right. So it's right. the highest level of it takes the most amount to get it changed. Yes. So this is just the first step. So it passed General Assembly. It will now go to the Presbyteries. It has to pass two thirds of the Presbyteries, each one by simple majority, but it has to pass two thirds of them. And then it will come, if it goes through there, it will come to be passed for the last time at the 2022 General Assembly in Birmingham. So that's how this works. And it's a good process. I got nothing against that process. Nope. It's, it's again, it's like amending the Constitution. It's supposed to be hard. It's yeah. supposed to be difficult to do. And we should be doing that instead of using executive powers. But that's a different conversation. So the process is good. And we'll see whether that's the will of the denomination or not over the next year. But this passed. And there's one point that I want to make maybe before we dive into it. But I really do want to make this clear. And I tried to make this clear when I gave my report to our own church. Because I do think that I genuinely think this is important on a tough issue. Is that what we are dealing with is the ordination of officers. Mm -hmm. This has nothing to do with oh, what yeah. sins we're saying lay people are allowed to struggle with or not allowed to This has to struggle nothing with. to do with who can come to your church, who can nothing. even be a member of your church. Or who can take communion, who yeah. can be a member, who yeah. is under church discipline and who is not. Nothing. It is mm -hmm. no guidelines on for, whether for members member. of your church can identify as a gay Christian or what you should do about that. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now that that's worth a discussion. But that's not what this that's not what this is about. So I'm not interested in I mean I'm interested in having that discussion about what we should do with a church member who identifies as gay. Okay, right. we can have that discussion, but that's not what this vote was about. What this vote was about is can you have officers, can you have deacons and elders, and obviously that mm -hmm. includes pastors teaching elders who identify as gay Christian. And to me, in that regard, you know, I, I voted in favor of the amendment. The reason is because it deals with being above reproach, mm -hmm. right? It deals with being over and above. This is supposed to be, just like amending the BCO or amending the Constitution, this is supposed to be a rare and difficult calling. Mm -hmm. It is. You are supposed to be at a stand. It doesn't mean sinless. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you don't struggle with sin. It doesn't mean you don't say that you struggle with sin. Mm -hmm. But believing that you are in a state of sin that will never be cured in this life, specifically, that there's no hope of this, this is how who you are, is not something that an officer should be. And I think that you know the example I would give is we would never be okay with using this exact same language and somebody saying that they hate somebody of a different race. Yeah. And this is just the way God made them. And you know they don't act on it. They don't do anything racist. But in their heart, they desire racist things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're never going to change. So, yeah, we, we might say that that racism exists in people, mm -hmm. but we would never be okay with saying with somebody saying, well, that's just who I am, though. Yeah. We would, we would spur them to change, yeah. and rightly so. Rightly so. And so, again, I just want to make the point specifically mm -hmm. that this deals with mm -hmm. officers. Officers. I thought that was important, too. I'm glad that they did that. Yeah. So, anyway, do you guys have any thoughts on mm -hmm. General Assembly? We've sort of now covered everything that went, went on in General Assembly, so we can talk about anything you want to. Oh, I think my favorite thing at General Assembly while we were there was that when we came back from dinner, uh, because everybody's always pressed for time, we're trying to make things yeah. you know, go fast. So a, a very well-meaning brother made a motion from the floor um, that we sh he made basically a procedural motion to do something to like um, accept these reports that were about to be given yeah. just in total so we don't have to do them one by one. Like, let's just go yeah. ahead and accept them, except he wanted to pull a couple out. Well, then we had to yeah, amend that procedural that was, motion. We spent an hour— yeah amending his procedural motion and basically making it to where he had never made the motion to begin with and all of it was to save time 
We spent an hour trying to save time and did not save any time. Not only did we lose that hour, but we did not save time <laughs> in that hour. We didn't accomplish anything. Yeah. Hilarious. The most Presbyterian thing that happened mm -hmm. by far. Mm -hmm. Everybody got to do Robert's rules and make all these motions, and we lost. We did the opposite of what we were trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. That was probably my favorite part. But it was good. I think it was just a good assembly. I think the PCA is walking away in a better state than it was before. Um, and now, I mean, it's pretty much, it's 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 there. The PCA stance on on same-sex attracted. It's certainly the assembly stance, and right. now we'll see what happens at the Presbyterian level. The, right. Yeah, so I guess that will be what I'm curious about is I haven't kept up with the minutia of the reaction from the world since General Assembly ended. What has that been? Um, Pretty much that we, that, yeah, uh, that, that that we not, we're not a homo. I guess essentially a homophobic denomination reported in, in the. I don't know. I forgot what news network it was, but a couple of Washington news networks. Post, yeah, Washington Post. Yeah, yeah. And Greg Johnson was happy to give him a quote and everything. And you know, it's fine. I mean, I really don't have any ill will. I mean, I would love to have a. I'm not even. I don't even think it's worth getting into the minutia of of tweets that some yeah. pastors have made after the fact. But that's why I have yeah. a hard time answering that. I sort of took a deep breath yeah. whenever you said that because I, I don't know the wider world, quote unquote. I don't think is paying attention. Mm -hmm. We're pretty. We're a pretty minuscule, the small yeah. denomination. I mean, we're well, I guess that's what I mean. Like, what what is the what is the reaction? Our world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our world. I mean, the, you know, again, are we talking about, are we living online? Are we talking about, you walk down, you ask the members in our church and they will tell you, oh, I don't know. What's any, what's the reaction been? I don't know. Depends yeah. on how online you are. Yeah. Which is why this Bo Burnham special is so good <laughs> because it really is about like, like, I don't even think somebody, like, I kind of feel bad. Like if I were to talk to somebody who were to be like, no, I don't really, I don't really get the Bo Burnham thing. I would almost be like, you know what? Good for you. Cause you have yeah. to be very online to yeah. understand these jokes. And it makes mm -hmm. me a little sad that I understand that I, it affects me so much because it shows how I online agree. I am. I but, but so that's why it's hard to answer your question because it's like, well, how online are you? If you're if you're really wanting to find all this stuff, then yeah, you can find. There's there's a lot of fighting going on. You know, there's a lot of fighting, and I think uh, the squeaky wheels are always there, especially. Yeah, I, I think that the there certainly seems to be. I have been disappointed, like I said, in some of the things that I've read uh, since the assembly because, like I said, I really feel like, you know, the side that that happened to lose this year has been for the last two years calling for unity. And an 80% vote is pretty unified. And now that side that lost this year but was previously calling for unity is, is now calling for division, basically. And it's like, well, this unity, I mean, this 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 assembly has spoken. Like I said, in 80% now, we'll see. You know, maybe it won't pass, and maybe that assembly is a poor representation of the denomination. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I don't think so, but I don't, I don't know. I was a little surprised that it went the way that it did. Um, I think that... Um, the pushback to this is a little bit indicative of a of a side that is waking up that has not been paying attention to what's going on mm -hmm. because I don't see a lot of um, the the people that voted in favor of the amendment. I don't see a lot of um, cooperation like no on the inside. It's not like there's these groups that are like it was just a genuine uh, feeling of yeah. yeah it needed to be taken care of yeah and so um, whereas you know the, the the side that voted against this i mean they have an alliance you know called the national partnership that has emails and text messages and you know mm -hmm. tells you how to vote and all these kinds of things and i'm not, i'm not even saying that's wrong i probably would be one of those people that would be like well you know again i'm sort of more yeah. like hey it's all politics so yeah. so i'm not saying that's wrong but i'm just saying it is what it is and i i really objectively don't see that on the other side much there's a little bit of it but not at the 80% level that voted that way it might be it might be 20% of that 80% that's organized mm -hmm. at all I mean, as a, for instance, the one of the groups that sort of has been, I guess, organizing on this side to fight back is called More in the PCA. 
they're trying to send, they raise money. It's a nonprofit that raises money to send ruling elders to the to the denomination. I mean, to the uh, general assembly. So, because a lot of churches can't afford to pay for ruling elders to go, mm-hmm. so they pay for they paid for forty ruling elders to go this year. I was afraid you were going to say it was a it was a movement to get Beth Moore into the PCA. <laughs> no. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, so they have been. They sent forty people this year. You know, ooh, there were twenty one hundred people that went, yeah. and forty of them were sent by this denomination. Yeah. I mean, by this organization, and they had an event, um, like a live podcast and like a little gathering Wednesday nights, the party night at the at the general assembly. It's okay. like it's the night everybody goes and hangs out. And so, like everything ends at like four, and then it goes. You go hang. Nothing happens Wednesday night. Again, more wasted time. And anyway, but the in the national partnership had had a had a party that night at one of the seminaries that had you know because it was in St. Louis. That, mm-hmm. So it had you know all this stuff. It had all the big way. I mean, they had like a couple hundred there. It might have been more. Mm-hmm. I heard more. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's like you know. But again, I'm not even saying that's bad or wrong of them. You know, some people think that's really wrong that they organize like that. Maybe, but maybe not. I'm not sure. I, so I'm, yeah. not, I'm just saying yeah. objectively, yeah. I see it more organization on that side than I do on the other side. So that's why all that, that was a long way to say, I do think this is probably telling of the of, of the denomination's will. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was just like a packed assembly, which is one of the accusations yeah. that's been levied is that mm-hmm. oh, groups just lobbied and paid and got everybody there to, you know, pack this assembly to pack the vote. I don't really think that's what happened. We'll see. Maybe right. But I don't, I really don't think so. And my, my gut is not telling me that. But yeah. So. Uh, it's to answer your question to somehow try to answer your question. I think it's disappointing as a person who genuinely likes to have discourse. Y'all know me well enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love to have like controversial yeah. discussions, but I sort of have them. I don't fight. I have them like in good faith. Mm-hmm. I just like to have them. I'm disappointed in the way things have gone, especially since the assembly, because mm-hmm. it seems like the ability to actually have an honest discourse about this is, um, gone. Mm-hmm. It just does not seem to be coming back. Um, it seems like, Probably both sides have dug in their heels enough to where it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. And I thought this assembly might open that up, but it does seem like that the uh, side that that quote unquote lost is they're not arguing in good faith right now, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Now they they could they could come back doing that. And some of the arguments I have heard over the last two years have been in good faith, um, but there have been terms and, and name calling going around in some of these tweets. Southern we were pietistic, we were Southern pietistic moralists. Don't really even know what that is, and it's such a such a inflammatory way it to is. refer to people. I mean, listen to all three of those words; they're all derogatory. Oh yeah, in the way that you'd use them. Southern, mm-hmm. which always means backwards. Yeah, mm-hmm. pietistic. So piety is like Puritan, mm-hmm. yeah. never gonna you mm-hmm. know yeah. no love for anybody. Yeah. And moralist is legalistic. Mm-hmm. So all three of those words are you know again if you were trying to that that is an ad hominem attack. Mm-hmm. It does nothing to to push your argument forward. It is a personal attack on really probably on a straw man. So he's probably making yeah. many, many right. fallacies, but you know, it is an attempt to personally attack the person making the argument and thereby invalidating the argument, which is a logical fallacy, right? So you can't, so, okay, let's say the person is, okay, let's say the person making the argument is a legalist. Yeah. Who cares? Is their argument right or wrong? You're going yeah. at the person, not the argument. So don't do that. Don't say those kinds of things. And we should not be doing that no, as part of this who we are. Why we should have classical education, by the yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, we should be logic learning how to have this discourse. Yeah, basic and, Socratic logic. Uh, yeah, and but see, you know, Greg Johnson is a really smart guy. And I do not mean that like, in, like yeah. in, you know, you might say that about your enemy right before you tear him down or something. I do not mean it that way. Yeah. Genuinely, very smart, smart. And he's a brilliant narrator. Like, you listen to him talk and, and write things, and he's really good. He's he's got great rhetoric, um, and like maybe I'm, some I'm of envious. his intentions I'm are envious. even good. Yeah, I, I think let's assume they are, and yeah. I would love to do yeah. that. I'm going to assume the best, and I think he's a I think he's a Christian, mm-hmm. and so yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't have any like 
doubts about that for where I what I see, you know, where mm. I am. I think he's incorrect about this, and I am disappointed in the way he's handled the last six months. More than that, probably, but especially the last like three to six months, because I do think he's a really, really smart guy, and I think he's good rhetorician. I don't even know if that's mm-hmm. a word, but uh, good with rhetoric. But mm-hmm. like anybody knows, whether it's sales, whether it's persuasion, whether it's rhetoric, whatever, if you're really good at those things, there is a pure and an impure way to use those skills. Yeah, preachers, you find it a lot too, right. the, the skill of preaching. Yeah, like that's yeah, a good example. Yeah. Like rhetoric and preaching, yeah. like there's a good way to do that, a pure way mm-hmm. where you're, you're really trying to use it. And, and then there's, there's a, also a manipulative way. Yes. Persuasion is the same way. Maybe you are you know at working in good motives to persuade people, or maybe you're persuading people to be manipulative and to get what you want out of them, right? And unfortunately, because I do know that he's smart, I am, uh, and he's good at this stuff, I, as someone else, you know, I'm not as good as him at all. But I have studied this sort of stuff, especially persuasion, and I, you know, can see what he's doing. And he's using it, like I said, unfortunately, and I think it can happen to any of us, is the last little bit he's been using it for um, only manipulative ways, not to actually put forth a good faith argument, my opinion. Mm-hmm. And again, that's just my opinion. So mm-hmm. could be wrong, but that's what I think. So, but again, and like kind of where I think the Southern Pietistic yeah. moralist is the best example yeah. that I can give. I'm really not trying to do a straw man. I'm trying to steal man his argument, as Michael Malice says, which I love. <laughs> he talks about he tries to steal man. <laughs> he tries to give the best per- possible example of the person he's arguing against yeah. of their argument. And I try to do that. And I really, by saying the things that I am about him, I mean them. Yeah. I, I'm not being manipulative. I really am trying to steal man what he's saying. But to to use those exact terms, it's pretty clear when you're a talented a rhetorician. I keep using that. I got nothing else to say. I, I hope it's, it's a real word. word. Okay. <laughs> I was really self-conscious about it. If you're a talent, you can tell how talented I am. I don't even know how to use these words. If you're talented like that, as or he, you're inventing words, that is talented. That's <laughs> that's a talent. Uh, if you're talented like he is, then he doesn't use those words on accident. Yeah. You know, he's careful with his words. Yeah. No, those. End. That's a very carefully constructed, mm-hmm. you know, pietistic. Yeah. Yeah. And even southern. southern why southern. Why say southern? Right. The southern you're trying to imply a very specific thing. Well, he, yeah. He's implying something that's true, which is we, which is we are a southern, primarily a southern denomination. But still, but in, he doesn't mean yeah, that geographically. Yeah, no, no, he doesn't. He means that uh, in the negative philosophical sense yeah. of what a southerner is yes. and what the stereotype of a southerner is. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's what he means. And again, it's a very good phrase, like very well yep. done. Again, if you just think about it and you study the stuff at all, you're like, man. That's where, like, when I read him or listen to him, I'm like, okay, man. Like, I, I follow his bravo. tweet threads because I actually think he's a pretty good writer. He is. That's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, man, Southern Pietistic Moralist, that is really well done by you. Um, but I just wish that he wouldn't do that because, you know, in the same way that I think, and I'm not trying to get all emotional about it, but, you yeah. know, that's those kind of things are, are hurtful to people that mm-hmm. genuinely would like to not be viewed as a stereotypical yeah. negative Southerner. Yeah. So to continue to do those things whenever you're talking about somebody, at mm-hmm. least for myself, who yeah. really feels like I'm voting and, and acting in good faith, yeah. I could end up being wrong. I could be shown that I'm wrong. But even at the end of the day, if I end up disagreeing with myself, I will not look back on my time right now and think that I am doing it with bad motives. Right. I, I just know that I'm not. I'm open to being wrong, though. But my motives are, are I think, where they need to be. I'm mm-hmm. trying to do what is right. And so to, to do those kinds of things, I would not do the same thing to him, for instance. I, I'm not going to come up with some phrase that describes him in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would if I was wanting to be more at war, but I'm really not within the church, you know, because I have to fight that. Like, there's a side of me that wants to take this and be like, okay, fine, we're gonna we're at war here. But I do think he's a brother, and I would prefer this to go well, you know. And so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I agree. But then the only other big thing that happened at GA was that uh, it was voted on that um, – basically only 
ordained officers can be in the administration of MTW, of the yeah. missions organization. So basically the reason that was is because mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be women. Yeah. There have been women that have been in charge of pastors yeah, which in the mission field. Problematic. Which, had, which had been problematic. And Lloyd Kim, the director, who, who I think is a great guy, he mm-hmm. was sort of he argued against this mm-hmm. overture. And I can get it. I mean, I, again, this is one mm-hmm. where I could hear good faith arguments like pragmatic, yeah. pragmatically. He made a very good case. Yeah, and I get that. It's just when given the, the, the decision between a principle and a pragmatic, mm-hmm. I'm always going to lean on yep. the principle. Yeah. So again, that's a good faith one. I don't have a problem. And I, like I said, I like Lloyd Kim a lot. He, he was at our church recently. Uh, good dude. Um, I think he's doing a great job. But and I think he's in a tough spot with this for sure. But I also think that there were, have been some not so good things that have come mm-hmm. from this that mm-hmm. I've heard from specific missionaries that have told me. what's going on oh yeah yeah that's the only reason i kind of had to be in favor of the overture Mm -hmm. so yeah that's about it yeah it was interesting that's for sure i enjoyed it it was uh never been to st louis before either i haven't i haven't either it's okay town you've been to st louis bg yeah i figured you had a couple times everywhere it's kind of the only way to get to the west yeah what do you think Colorado? so yeah yeah i can't really say i'm afraid to say because i was only downtown yeah like did you go walking around at all just downtown. Yeah, you that's know, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I went walking around What downtown. was the vibe? It was okay. But it's also a weird time, you know, because, like, the whole area, they couldn't get any staff service. Yeah. Nobody could work, you know? Nobody would work. Oh, wow. So, like, half the restaurants had half of their restaurant closed down. Hmm. So, like, there were a lot of waiting in lines. because, And you could see, like, just half the restaurant just in darkness because they didn't have the staff just to service it. Um, so that was strange. You know, the COVID stuff is still kind of a thing. Yeah. And so it just was a weird time to be there St. Anyway. Louis to me this is the best kind of way to describe it no good coffee downtown that's for sure oh really that's no, surprising yeah it's kind of like people in the Midwest want to live in a big city but don't really feel like moving 10 hours away mm. so they just kind of conglomerated in St. Louis because mm. there's really nothing to offer there no. I mean at least in Memphis they have the arch yeah at least in Memphis you're a little bit closer to the Gulf and uh, a little bit closer to the Delta so you understand the musical heritage Chicago you're on the Great Lakes kind of understand that it's the northernmost St. Louis has nothing I feel like Kansas City is even better yeah, I, I, but they have barbecue. Right, they have the yeah, better they have food. better food scene. Yeah, yeah. So again, I'm afraid to speak. I, that, I I think I agree with you. Yeah. But I'm trying to hold back because I did not give it a fair shake, probably. But I did like go out to get some food one twice to like yeah. drive around. There's nothing there, man. Yeah. It's it's kind of weird <laughs> that it's downtown. So, that it's such a big city. It is. Yeah. That place is like. It was more. It was not. It was. It was not attractive. Yeah. It was not attractive. Yeah. I'll put it that way. But you know that's okay. Went to a Cardinals game. That was fine. Yeah. You know, it was a terrible game, though. Played the Diamondbacks. They're like the worst team in baseball right now. Uh, Gerhardus, you're a big baseball guy these days. Yeah, yeah, I've been getting into the Braves again. Hate that about Acuna. Yeah. That's a big end, moment. End of the season, really. Yeah, it really did. It's kind of a And moment. our bullpen's terrible. Did we just trade for Doc Peterson? Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. Is he stink now? He's, he was good like a year, wasn't he? Yeah, he was good like his rookie year. Yeah. yeah. He's, not really he's kind of season. mediocre the last six. He was like an all-star his rookie why, year. Yeah. Why, would we, why are we not getting some, some better batters? We need to, This season's over, man. I know. It's over. It's, You're, what are we, 500 after the all-star break right, or less than right. 500? Now Acuna's out. You need to sell. I mean, sell, when sell, Freddie sell. Freeman's your best, I mean, goodness. He's I, still I've, good, been, I've been trying yeah, to push this time to sell. for years. Is the the day because the Red Sox had the curse of the babe? I've been trying to push the Dave Justice curse. I know, I know, and and nobody nobody's picking up on well, it. Well, it takes more time. Yeah, what's, what's it's probably been years. Yeah, it's been twenty years. I think it takes forty. Yeah, for that something like for a curse. Yeah, I don't think in nineteen thirty they were saying it's the curse of the babe. That's true. By nineteen sixty, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So in, I mean, it's a good foundation for it. you. Trade away the World Series MVP in twenty thirty. I'll be forty, and we'll <laughs> see about the Dave Justice <laughs> yeah. curse. Did you like that? I did. Mm-hmm. That was a good pull. That was a good pull. I knew it immediately. That's how many times I warned that one in there. Mm. All right. So, uh, anyway. All right. Guys, it's good to be back with you. It is. Good to be back with you. We will uh, try to do this at least two weeks in a row. We do have some vacation coming up. 
well, I have some vacation coming up, so I'm going to be the problem this time. We're going to try to figure something out. Mm. At the very least, we will put out one of those Sunday school things the week that I'm gone. Yeah. So we at least have that. But we, we're going to attempt to like Skype one of these mm-hmm. together yeah. with each other. It's iffy about whether we can pull this off technologically, like if we can know what we're doing enough to, to do this. But we're going to give it a shot for the people. It feels pretty boomery if we can't figure it out. I know. That's, you know? But see, that's what I'm afraid of, I know. that we're going to expose ourselves. But see, now I put it out to the public to put the right amount of pressure on us to get it done. Yeah. yeah. Now we'll face public embarrassment. Yeah. Right? So if we kept it secret, then nobody would know that we failed. Now they're going to know, so we have to we have to do it. Yeah. All right. You guys got anything else? No, I'm good. Enjoyed it. Good. Thanks for the Always. talk. Sorry to... I probably dominated that. No, GA no, talk no that was one of those topics where I'm not as well versed. So I'm more of a listener and trying to digest exactly how I feel about things. If we talked about this next week again, I would have more thoughts on it. So maybe we can do that in the intro. Yeah. Think about it. Maybe we'll talk okay. about that in the intro to get your thoughts a little okay. more. All right. All right, fellas. Enjoyed it. We will uh, see you all next week. See you then. See ya.